When you post hunting photos on Instagram, they get censored. When you post on Go Wild, you get virtual fist bumps from fellow hunters. When you buy gear on Amazon, you gas up a billionaire spaceship. When you buy gear on Go Wild, we donate to a camp that teaches kids to hunt, fish, and shoot. See the difference? Go Wild is a free social community built by hunters for hunters. Join today at DownloadGoWild.com and I'll give you 10 bucks just for setting up your account. And you'll keep unlocking GoWild rewards as you share content because guess what? We like hunting pictures. Join at DownloadGoWild.com or in the App Store. Welcome to the How to Hunt Deer podcast. This podcast series was designed to educate those who are interested in becoming deer hunters. We cover a variety of topics that will help you become more confident and comfortable in the field while hunting deer. All right, everybody, welcome back to the How to Hunt Deer podcast. And uh, now that we have gone through this entire series and you're very, you're very educated now on how to go hunt deer as far as the podcast is, as, as far as the podcast is concerned, um, I thought today might be a good idea to get someone on who is also very knowledgeable about deer hunting and just have a real, real, um, uh, quick conversation with them about, uh, people that they have mentored throughout the year and some things that may be overlooked, uh, going into your first hunt ever. So, uh, I'd like to introduce today, Mark. Kenyon. Mark is the founder of Wired to Hunt. He's on the Meat Eater crew. He has the Wired to Hunt podcast, all focused around deer hunting. And uh, welcome to the How to Hunt Deer podcast, Mark. Thank you, Daniel Johnson. It's good to be here. Good to be chatting, as, uh, as always. Yep. Me and Mark have quite a bit of history together. Um, we've, let's see, oh, I, was, yeah. I was the co-host on the Wired to Hunt podcast several years ago. And uh, when that started, and uh, we remained close through the the whitetail world, so to speak, and uh, I thought it would be a good idea to bring Mark on and to talk about deer hunting. So the first thing, Mark, that I want to I want to talk to you uh, about is your your mentorship. Uh, what uh, the the mentorship that you I guess had uh, had done with some others over the last couple of years. Um, so talk to us a little bit about um, what it was like being a mentor for a new hunter. Yeah, uh, I mean, it is it is one of the absolute coolest experiences I've had in the outdoors. Getting to to share this thing I love and see other people enjoy it too. Um, you know, the first person I ever mentored was a guy that I started mentoring back in high school. So this would have been, you know, I don't know how long that ago. It was like 15, 16, 17, 18 years, something like that ago. Uh, and he dabbled with it a little bit in high school. And then after college, he expressed to me that he really wanted to get into it more. And so I started doing more with him. And that guy ended up getting really into it. He ended up becoming a mainstay in the wired hunt world. He got a job with a major conservation organization and then eventually became the whitetail community manager for first light. I'm talking about Josh Furter Hilliard. <laughs> so Love that he's guy. My, he's my ultimate mentee because he's, he's taking it all the way. Awesome. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I've had a chance to mentor a handful of other people in more recent years and it's just, it's just the, it's really the coolest thing getting to see these people learning a lot, uh, a couple of them have had really close encounters with deer, 
and loved it and, and just really seen the lights turn on in them as they see what this can be about. And actually just, I guess, I guess it was two weeks ago was with a guy who, uh, who killed his very first deer. And that was just, uh, a thrill, a thrill beyond all thrills. So uh, from the mentor side, it's it's just been really fulfilling to get to help people out and, and show them this thing that I think's so great. Right. So let's talk a little bit about um, in recent history, right? We, we uh, you know, back in the day, that's, that's been a long time ago. Maybe, maybe you know, maybe you don't, but I'd like to know about some of this recent mentorship that you've provided. And I want to ask you this question about um, what were some of the common questions that were asked to you, whether it was before the hunt or during the hunt that these, these new hunters had? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny. There's, there's been a handful of things that popped up in recent conversations with some of these new hunters that, that are always just, just eye opening because you and me and people who've been doing this our whole lives, we take a lot of this stuff for granted. Like there's certain things we don't even think about anymore because we've done it so many times, but those are often what a new person gets hung up on or is worried about or concerned about, or just doesn't have any idea what to do. So things like when should you shoot at a deer? How do you know it's time to shoot? How do you know if it's, you know, a good shot or a bad shot or, or is this deer going to spook or is this deer calm? I mean, all those things in the moment with deer, especially because there's so much work that goes up to just getting a deer in front of you, right? When you're trying to learn to deer hunt, there's, you're trying to learn habitat and you're trying to learn what deer do and you're trying to learn how to scout and you're trying to learn how, where to set up and you're trying to understand, you know, all the things you've talked about in this podcast. It's, it's like the final 2% of that work is when you finally have a deer in front of you that for a lot of people, it takes a long time to finally get to that point. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, wow, there's there's a lot to this final moment. So I've had a lot of questions around that thing. And that, that kind of brought to mind something that I, I did and worked on with my mentee a couple weeks ago, uh, which was when you sit down to start your hunt, mentally visualize those final moments and go through a play-by-play in your mind to kind of make sure that you are prepared for it. So this is something I actually do on every one of my hunts, and it's something that I would definitely recommend any new hunter add to their kind of routine as well, which is when I get in my tree or I get in my blind, once I'm settled in, the very first thing I do is I think about all the different places that I think a deer might show up and where I, where I think and hope I might be able to get it a shot. And so let's say there's a there's a shooting lane in front of me and there's a shooting lane to my right and there's a shooting lane to my left, hypothetically. I will go and visualize, you know, actually imagine a deer stepping out in that left shooting lane and I will grab my bow and I will practice, you know, slowly spinning to get into position and I will practice drawing back my bow and aiming it and, and imagining that there's a deer there and thinking, okay, can I make that movement? Can I draw my bow back without hitting my elbow on a tree? Like, will this work? And I'll do the same thing for that spot in front of me. And I'll do the same thing to that spot to the right of me. And just practicing for every one of those scenarios and actually like thinking the whole whole thing through is so, so helpful. Because when the actual thing happens, when a deer does show up, it's it's it can be kind of chaotic. It can be, you know, a really intense situation. And especially if you've never done this before, you know, a little bit of practice like that actually can help you better handle the moment. And, and funny, I mentioned this, this hunter I was with two weeks ago, we went through this exercise 
And one of the spots where I said, hey, I think there's a good chance a deer could pop out there. So make sure, like, okay, how are we going to get in position? How are you going to set up? Put the scope on it. Actually imagine a deer being there. Actually imagine pulling back the hammer, squeezing the trigger, all that stuff. Well, that's exactly what ended up happening. A deer came out right there, and he had a shot literally in the exact place we had practiced. And he, one of the first things he said after killing that deer was, I felt like I'd already done it before. I mean, we, we play by played it exactly, and it helped because the moment was crazy, but he'd already done it. And that's something that several other people had asked me similar questions about, and I think that exercise is something that, that can really help you prepare for those moments. Even though a real deer is obviously a lot different than imaginary, it's funny how the brain can sometimes benefit from a little you know, imagination there. So that's that's one thing that came to mind. Yeah. When it, when it came to... Um, the, you know, actually before I, before I say this next comment, isn't it funny, um, how there's, there's a lot of work that goes into that, uh, to the hunt. And there's a lot of work if you're successful that goes in after the hunt, but that actual period of time, uh, that you're maybe on the hunt or, you know, you see a deer and you decide to pull the trigger or let the arrow fly on it. That 2% that you mentioned is where a majority of the excitement happens. So, uh, oh, yeah. I don't know it, it, that, that kind of, I didn't really think of, about it that way until you mentioned it, that the, uh, it's that rush, it's that big time rush oh, yeah. that we, that we all look for, but it's that crazy, crazy high yeah, that you get. Exactly. So as these people are, you know, we, we, you talked about visualizing, but let's, let's take a step previous and let's talk about before the hunt. And maybe if there's any specifics, uh, whether that's strategy, whether that is gear, um, what are some questions that some of your, your, uh, the, the other mentors had? Yeah. I mean, I think some of the other things that came up a big, just general, uh, set of questions would be around just finding deer. Like I think every single person I've talked to that was a new hunter, one of the things they always thought would be really helpful is, hey, can you look at a map with me and help me think through where would be some good spots? Like, Where do you think would be a good spot to set up? Where do you think these deer would be? Where do you think other hunters will be? Um, so just lots of questions about just trying to find the right places to set up. And I do think that there's, you know, even I had this, you know, 15 years ago when I was starting to hunt on my own more, um, you know, when you are going out there and you don't have the experience to know what's a good spot and what's not a good spot and you're walking out there, it can be kind of, I mean, it is intimidating and, and you can be kind of lost. Um, it takes experience to, to really get a good idea of knowing like, Oh yeah, this thing I'm looking at, this is a good sign or yeah. this is a good spot. So there's a lot of confusion and oh, maybe not confusion, but there's a lot to learn around yeah. understanding where deer live and how to find spots where you can ambush them. That's, that's a whole set of questions and yeah. Oh, you know, there's a lot there that I think new hunters have questions about. Um, I've gotten a lot of questions about, now I know you alluded to this as not what you want to talk about, but a lot of questions around what to do after you shoot a deer. Every single person we talked to in these different field to fork mentored hunts that I've been to, they all said that one of the very biggest things they were nervous about and intimidated by and really wanted a mentor for was how to gut a deer and how to track a deer and all that stuff. So that was a big one. Um, And there were just also a number. I actually talked to another guy. I'm actually mentoring another hunter in December. uh, And we had a phone call the other day talking through questions he had. And a big thing he was wondering was just like, how hard is this? Like, what are the odds of actually getting success? Am I going to put in all this time and energy? Yeah. 
am I going to do this for years and, and only be able to kill a deer like once every seven years? Or is this a way that, you know, and once I get the basics, can I fill my freezer once a year killing a doe? You know, is this realistic? Um, and yeah, that was a great question. And, and we had a great conversation around that. So those are, those are a few more, I guess, that were, that were, you know, bounced around quite a bit. Yeah. Now I do want to get into the post shot, uh, you know, the post shot type conversation here in a second, but you know, I had this, uh, I had the same conversation in one of the episodes with, um, uh, Hank Forrester and Matt Ross of the National Deer uh, Association. And I want to talk to you about your experience with the mentee that you had who um, who actually killed a doe when, when you went out with him. And what was that like for him through your eyes about shooting an animal for the first time? Because I, I feel like for someone who's never hunted before and who who has never actually taken the life of an animal before, that might be something that either can be completely unexpected or it could be something that is uh, like they could really show excitement for them or it could be like almost like, oh, man, maybe I thought I was ready for this, but I'm not. Yeah. You know, in this case, uh, my mentee, he, he handled it almost like he was like he like he almost would have thought he'd done it before. Okay. He really was um he was well prepared and he had been imagining this for a long time. Uh I think he he had done some bird hunting previously. So that was the first stepping his toes into the water thing. So he had killed some pheasants and stuff like that. Okay. So he had a little bit of experience with that kind of thing. And then he had been trying to teach himself to deer hunt. So he'd been out there, he'd been listening to stuff, he'd been exploring the woods, he'd been trying and imagining and envisioning this. So this had been a long time coming in that it wasn't like he just stepped out there for the first time and decided, you know what, I want a deer hunt. And then that weekend we went out. Um, he'd really been trying to put in work and time. And um, so even though we actually killed this deer very early in the day's hunt, it was a weekend hunt and we killed him, you know, within a half hour sitting down for the very first hunt. And we're like, oh my gosh, it, went, it happened so fast. That's crazy. And a little part of me was like, gosh, I feel kind of bad that it happened so easily because, you know, he, he it was almost anticlimactic a little bit because of how quickly it happened. But he brought up this great point, which was, yeah, it happened early in this hunt, but I've been trying to reach this point for several years. Right. So this wasn't like a 30-minute hunt. This was a two-year hunt that finally led me to this. So he was over the moon about it, and it was something that, you know— he had had this, he, he's a chef, so he's always had a deep connection to his food and he wanted to take that to the next level with, with red meat. Um, so he was very comfortable with that idea of procuring your own food. And so all that led to him like handling the moment of truth really well, but you could definitely see when he walked up on that deer, um, as it is for, for all of us, all in different ways, it was a very profound experience you know i just kind of stepped away and just hey you know take as much time as you want just just soak this in and uh have this experience and he sat there with that deer for for quite a while and uh you know i think it was just a whole lot of time and energy and emotions all that swirling around in his mind and um by the time he was you know by by the end of that night he said this was one of the absolute most you know uh profound experiences of his life so it was uh, it was really cool to see. It seemed like he was just really happy about the whole thing, and and he said he was hooked for. He's like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not never. What am I trying to say here? Basically, he was trying to say that 
he was doing this forever. Like this yeah. was what he'd always thought and hoped it would be. And he wanted to keep doing this more and more. Um, so that was, that was neat to see and, and really interesting to experience that. And I've, I've experienced another set of experiences with another mentee I had who, um, similar experience in that he was trying to learn to hunt on his, he'd been out a handful of times on his own, hadn't been able to put the pieces together. We spent a couple times hunting together and we actually got a shot at a buck and he ended up missing that deer. But immediately after the shot, we actually thought he hit it. So he had this like highest of highs, you know, unbelievable excitement. And then like those lowest of lows, as you know, Dan, when you miss one and it's just so disappointing. Yeah. Um, and he actually pushed through that and went out on his own again a couple weeks later without me and got a shot at a deer with his bow and missed that one. Um, so then he was in a, just a, a really bummer place. And I was, I was worried, you know, gosh, he's, he's had these negative experiences. I was worried he was gonna, you know, lose the excitement. And as we all know, tough times and things like that, that's just part of hunting. Uh, but man, the guy was a trooper and he kept after it, kept trying to get better. And he ended up getting his first deer right around Christmas last year. And so then getting to talk to him about it, you know, he said, a lot of the same things that it was, it was surprising how emotional he was. It was, uh, it was this combination of, of excitement, but then also that, you know, like that strange feeling of, I don't know if it's remorse or if it's, uh, just the realization that you did take an animal's life. Uh, that's always an emotional thing. Uh, the same time though, thankfulness for the food and, and all that. So he, you know, in talking to him later that night, it was just like a million different emotions. Yeah. And uh, I think, you know, even us today, you and I having hunted and, and had success filling a lot of tags, we, we still have a version of that ourselves. And, uh, it's just raw in a different way when it's your very first time. Right. Yeah. I, uh, I can still, I can still remember my first, uh, my first doe I ever shot with, with a bow and arrow. And it was crazy. Like I, I, I can still remember everything from the wind direction to the draw that I was sitting in, the deer that came through, like how it came through. And then just like, I think, I think my face was hurting so much from the smile that I had on my face. I had it, I had it for so long and I can remember yeah. like just a little bit of, you know, I'm a man and I can admit this a little bit of tears coming out of the eyes you know i was jacked up and then me and my buddy who was both our first times ever gutting a deer and it was if i could look at back at it now it would be comical i would just be (laughs) laughing about it so but you mentioned uh something there that's really important and uh i don't think we really talked about this a lot in, in in the series but that is overcoming a missed opportunity, whether that's uh, missing a shot or potentially hitting a deer and, and not finding it. Um, what were your words of encouragement to that mentee who uh, missed that deer? Yeah. I mean, it's, it is the worst. It is a, it is a very, <laughs> it's a real downer of a, of an experience to have to go through. And my, my words of encouragement were simply that, I know this sucks right now and I've been there too. We've all been there. If you hunt long enough, you will eventually have something like that go wrong. It's, it's just inevitable. Like anything, any hard thing you try to do, whether you want to learn to be a ultra runner or climbing mountains or becoming a a hunter, things don't always go as planned. And so there's always going to be adversity. There's always going to be some kind of, um, you know, there's going to be something like this. And so part of 
deciding to take on a, a, a project like this, a lifestyle like this, a, a pursuit like this is, is recognizing that these things do happen and you can feel that pain for the day or the next day, but then, you know, keep at it, get back out there, practice, get better and learn from it. Always look at those things as learning experiences that, you know, you'll grow from. And so, you know, that was, that was what I encouraged him to do was to, to feel it now, but shake it off and tomorrow's a new day and, um, stay positive and, and things will come together. Yeah. And, you know, that's the kind of stuff that it's always easier said than done. And I still find myself having some bad moments like that where I'm really bummed about something and it sucks. And, uh, you know, for that day or the next day, I might be pretty, uh, ornery to be around, but, uh, <laughs> But um, I've, I've also seen enough times where if you can kind of get it out of your system pretty quick and get back out there, the, the very best cure for that kind of uh, ailment is uh, getting back in the saddle and trying again. Yeah. So that's that's what I encouraged him to do. And, man, he was a trooper. Like I said, he, he kept at it, and uh, it did come together. So yeah. that, was, that was pretty cool to see. And I, I tell you what, um, one thing that I've noticed over the years is when you make a miss – or you wound an animal, it's like you immediately know what you did wrong. And sometimes that learning curve can be shortened really quickly with a, a really bad experience. And just like you said, you learn you learn that, you come back from it, and you just hope it doesn't happen again. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Now, um, I want to talk a little bit about some things that might be overlooked going into your first hunt, because here we are, we're recording this episode on the last day of September. Some, uh, some States deer hunting has already been opened in the, uh, in the month of September for a lot of States. October 1st was that, uh, is that big date that we all kind of look forward to. I can, and I can remember, I don't know about you, but I can remember back in the day, um, not so much anymore, but back in the day I could, I was so fired up that opening day. I, I couldn't sleep at night. No, because I knew the next day was, it was go time. Yeah. And, and now that's not the case for you and me anymore because our kids <laughs> were exhausted. Our so precious, right? There's no way we can stay awake. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, let's talk a little bit about this, um, for someone who's getting ready to go into their first hunt. Maybe they have the, the, uh, the joy of hunting opening day or this up, you know, these first couple weeks of the, of the deer season. Um, number one, what should they expect? And then what should, um, uh, what are some things that may be over, like a new hunter may overlook going into their first hunt? Yeah. Well, something that just popped into my mind related to that last question is that it's, it's something that a lot of people fall into even as experienced hunters. But I think as new hunters especially, this is something that I want to really keep in people's minds, which is the importance of maintaining your practice with whatever you're shooting through this season. So yes. it's not like you practice with your bow just in August and September, and then when hunting season starts, then you start hunting. Uh, it's it's really a much better idea to keep on practicing throughout the year because – in a lot of cases, you can lose that muscle memory. You can lose your comfort level. You can lose some of that strength uh, if you're not staying up on it. And there's there's nothing worse than having practiced all summer and then wait for two months during hunting season for that one opportunity. And then when it does come and you haven't shot your bow for two months, 
and you you have a situation like we were just talking about and you miss. So I every year am trying to find ways to get better at fitting practice into the gaps, whether it be just shooting a, an arrow or two before heading out to hunt every day or, you know, if I'm not hunting but I'm home working, you know, taking a lunch break and going to shoot or trying to get in a little bit of shooting after the kids go down to sleep at night, whatever it is, I really think keeping that on, you know, keeping your body tuned in like that is is really going to help because something that, you know, you you can't quite understand until you're in it is that those final moments are really, really, really hard to stay 100% focused in and to stick with all the things that you've been telling yourself. So if you were practicing this summer and telling yourself, okay, I draw back, now I anchor, now I need to check my level. Okay, now I need to make sure that I'm not squeezing my, you know, riser. There's all these things maybe as a new hunter that you're trying to, these steps you're trying to go through. Uh, something you're going to experience that first time a deer comes in and you try to get a shot is a lot of your mental <laughs> process that you thought you had this summer, it's going to go out the window. It's such an intense, exciting moment that a lot of us, I know, Dan, you've had this happen. I've had it happen plenty of times. You almost black out. You almost yeah. go into autopilot. You don't even know what your body's doing. You're just you're just operating on autopilot. So you better make sure that your autopilot is very, very well-tuned and that you've been practicing so much that the automatic things your body does are the right things. Right. Um, and, and, and ultimately, you want to get to the point where you've got more control over that process, but making sure that you've practiced so much that it is something you don't even need to think about will help you in those moments. Um, Absolutely. So that's that's a big thing to keep in mind that probably as a new hunter, plenty of people aren't thinking about. Yeah. Um, I'll say, I'm going to interrupt real quick, and I'm going to say yeah. uh, that is probably something that even experienced hunters need to need to keep in mind too. I know, yeah. dude, I know everybody who, I don't mean, I shouldn't say everybody. I know a lot of people, even in communication through social media, they they pick their bow up on August 1st or they pick their bow up on September 1st. They shoot it for a handful of days and then they, you know, they feel like they're that comfortable with it going into the season and then they don't shoot it at all through the season. And as we no. know, and I've had this happen, this happened, I think last season for me where I was, all of a sudden, one day I said, ah, I better shoot one arrow before this hunt. And it turned into a whole ordeal where I had to readjust my sights before, before that hunt. And then who knows what would have happened going mm -hmm. into the, the next week where I eventually shot my buck. I could have missed it. I could have wounded it. So being uh, efficient and uh, accurate with whatever weapon throughout the entire season is very, very important. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, other things like, do you want to keep running through yep, some other yep, possible yep, overlook things? Um, you know, another thing that has happened to me on many of a first hunt of the year is just forgetting some stupid thing. Right. It just seems like the first couple hunts of every year, you're going to forget an important tool or you're going to leave something at home or or whatever it is. So my, my recommendation on that front would be before your first hunt or before a big trip or whatever it is you're doing, you know, pack well ahead of time. And literally, at least for me, I need a list sometimes, at least for that first one. So that I've got, you know, I've thought through all the different things I might need. I've got those things packed. They're with me. They're set. 
And then after that, usually you've got your system in place and you pack it the same way and then it'll always be there. But that's just a simple thing that so many times I've screwed up. So I'd remind folks of that one. And then maybe the last one is, you know, something that a lot of hunters, even experienced hunters, still will skimp on, which is the importance of getting to your hunting spot and getting out of your hunting spot without spooking deer. Because it's 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 hard enough to figure out where a deer will be, where you want to sit, right? I understand that's a tough thing to figure out at first. But the problem is that if you have to scare a bunch of deer on your way to this good spot, your good spot is no longer good. And same thing if you have to scare a bunch of deer when you're leaving your good spot, your good spot will not be so good after that. So be thinking about what a lot, what we call entry and exit. That's a really, really important thing. Even as a new hunter that's trying to kill does or young bucks, whatever it is, we still need to be thinking about, you know, being undetected during the hunt, but also before and after. And it took me a lot of years till I realized just how important that was. How many times throughout all of the podcasts that me and you have done together throughout all these years, have we talked about access to your tree stand and access out of your tree stand and the importance of it? Probably 200 and (laughs) 327 of them probably. It's been a lot. I mean, that that, what Mark brought up here is literally one of the most important things uh, in any strategy. And it's getting to and getting from your tree stand without, you know, with the, the least impact on that property as possible. And you can go to the Wired to Hunt podcast and you can go to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast and you can, you can just search access or entry routes or whatever. And I swear we, we talk about it all the time. It's because it's really important, right? You can't shoot deer if there's no deer there. So, um, just kind of, kind of winding down this episode, Mark, are there, is there anything else that, uh, people need to be prepared for, uh, on their very first hunt or what to expect or what not to overlook? You know, I think I think the one other thing that you want to make sure to prepare for, which might be easy to overlook for someone who hasn't done it before, is all of the gear you'll need and the process you need to be prepared for after actually getting a deer. Um, so I remember for a lot of years I hunted, and we ne- no one ever killed deer where I grew up hunting. We never, ever killed a deer. So I had never gutted a deer as a kid. Uh, I never gutted a deer into my early teenage years, and I remember going hunting with some buddies on places they had, and I was thinking to myself, I was hunting by myself, uh, and I had supposedly been hunting for so many years on my own. I was probably 15 or 16 or something at this point, and I thought, what am I going to do if I shoot a deer? I've never actually gutted a deer. I don't really know what to do. Do I even have the right stuff? And I had been a lifelong, like in a family of lifelong hunters, and I still didn't know that because of our situation. So I know that people who didn't grow up around that probably have the same set of concerns and worries too. So, you know, making sure you have a knife, making sure you have a saw if you need it, making sure you've got your tag, making sure that you know what kind of tagging system you have in your state. Do you have just a piece of paper? So do you need to bring a little Ziploc baggie and a zip tie so you can attach to the deer? Or is it a sticker and you're going to stick it on an antler or a leg? Uh, Make sure you know all that stuff. Make sure you know Do you have to call this deer in to check it in, or is this a state where I don't need to do that? Uh, Have you thought about how warm the temperatures are? 
and is it going to be okay if you shoot a deer in the evening and leave it in your truck or hanging up at the house till tomorrow to deal with it? Or is it so hot that you better have a plan in place for either butchering that deer right now or getting it to a processor? Um, do you know where the nearest meat processor is if that's what you want to do? How late are they open? You want to make sure you don't shoot a deer and it'd be a really hot night and then that place is closed and you have nothing to do with that deer and then you have a deer sitting in 85 degree temperatures for 20 hours. Um, so think through those things. If you do want to butcher a deer yourself, and I'm hoping if that's the case that you do, that you've got someone to show you or you've got a bunch of videos that you've watched or you've got a guidebook or something, but do you have your space prepared? Uh, it's it's not a lot of fun to kill a deer and have that guy ready to be butchered and then realize, oh, I don't have any butcher paper, I don't have any cling wrap, I don't have any vacuum bags, I forgot my, I don't have my good knives, or I don't have a way to hang the deer up, or do I have enough room? Like all those things are a really important part of a hunt that you really want to have buttoned up and ready to go. Even though you may only use that part of your hunting gear once a year and all the rest you're using every time you go out. It's a very important set of processes and, and pieces of equipment. So before hunt number one, make sure all that stuff's ready. Have, you know, just assume, okay, let's assume I kill a deer. What am I going to need tonight? Well, I would need this. I would need this. I'm going to need, you know, a way to clean my hands after I gut that deer. I'm going to need a little Ziploc bag because I want to save the heart. Uh, I'm going to need a rope to pull them out or whatever it is. Think through all of those things that you might need and have them ready in your truck or at your house. Uh, whatever it is, because you know, when you're in that exciting moment afterwards, it's it's a real bummer to all of a sudden have to be brought back down to reality because you realize, oh, no, I don't have this and that, or I'm not prepared for this, or I don't know what to do with this situation. Get that stuff taken care of so you can just enjoy that whole thing. Yep. That's a, that's a great point. Being prepared takes a lot of stress off yourself. Uh, when you know that whenever you're going into a hunt or coming out of a hunt, you know, just put everything back to where you got it, uh, you know, have a checklist. Like I'm the kind of person that sometimes uh, I need to write stuff down and put it on a little uh, a little post-it note, uh, either on my steering wheel for the next day or on my radio in my truck where it's like, okay, do you have your release? Do you have your, um, you know, do you have your knife? Do you have your, you know, everything you need to hang your bow in the tree? All that stuff. So another excellent point there, Mark. So I'll say this, um, and I think you'll agree with this sentiment. Don't get too worked up over everything because this whole journey that we've, uh, that we've decided to take is supposed to be fun and relaxing. And I know me and you, uh, you know, I, I know I can speak for you and I can speak for myself where there's times where um, we take it almost right on that borderline of taking it too serious oh come on dan we take it <laughs> we take it past that line sometimes. <laughs> absolutely absolutely well hey mark uh again thank you very much for taking time out of your day to uh, hop on and chat with us today also to all the listeners mark and wired to hunt are great resources for educating yourself on how to hunt deer. So take advantage of all that content. Uh, you, all you have to do is just Google Wired to Hunt and all of this stuff will pop up. So again, Mark, with this being, uh, I guess, the the opening week podcast, good luck this season. Thanks, buddy. You too. And good luck to all the new hunters listening. 